Hello, Valley Point. It is great to see you. Before we begin our new theme today, I want to share two things with you that occur on Sunday, September the 20th. It's going to be a good day. First, we have a love day on that Sunday. It's a collection love day where we generously provide items for the Friendship House in Wilmington and an organization called The Block Gives Back in Philadelphia. Drop-off for the Love Day will occur from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. at the front doors to our main building. So, if you're watching online that day, you can do that, and then come quickly and drop off your items. If you are coming to the outdoor gathering at 10 a.m. on that day, well, just bring your items with you. Details for the specific items we are collecting can be found on our website. I want to thank you for participating as we seek to help these organizations succeed in serving others. Thank you. That's the first thing. Here's the second. We are stepping inside our church home for the first time as a family since March for a night of prayer. I want prayer to be what leads the way as we prepare to begin hosting indoor gatherings again inside after 28 weeks. Here's what's going to happen. We will use the Lord's Prayer to guide our time and focus our attention. There are two options for attending on September the 20th at 5.30 and 7 o'clock p.m. You do need to register and you can take care of that on our website. Okay, let's pray together and then we will look to God's Word. Father, we come before you and praise you for today. You tell us this is the day that the Lord has made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. So no matter how we're feeling right now, as we look to your word, help us to be glad in your beautiful day. And God, I pray that you would use our time together to challenge us and help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Use this time now, we do pray. And God, I want to pray for next Sunday the 20th as we have this love day and as we have a night of prayer. Use these events to help us keep looking to you. We pray all of this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, Jesus doesn't always make sense, especially when you dive into his teachings and discover things like this. The first shall be last. Jesus said that. Be happy when people mock you and say all kinds of evil things about you in the name of Jesus. Don't store up treasures on earth. Don't worry. How about this one? Don't try to impress others. Settle your differences quickly. Love your enemies. And on and on. And often we say, I don't want to do that stuff. It's hard. Yet Jesus invites us to follow. Follow me. Follow me. We begin a new theme today called One. Now, that should sound familiar as we already had a theme this year with the same name. 
So this is more like one round two. One has been a big word for us this year as we have focused attention on being bright lights for our one. Honestly, I didn't know if we were going to do this. I like to plan out six to eight months for teaching themes. And then a pandemic came. We've had to adjust. When it came time to prepare for September, it's like, what? It's time to plan for back to school. What's that going to look like, though? It's time for back to normal life after the summer, but what's that going to look like? Earlier in the year, I had a theme plan for September that would bring us back to the idea of one. Who's your one? Who is that one person that you want to invite to Valley Point? Who's your one that you want to see come into a loving relationship with Jesus? And I thought, well, let's throw that out because it's kind of hard to invite and who knows if we'll even be meeting and so on and so forth. Just forget it. Forget about it. Well, Tyler and I meet every Tuesday to review and plan. And as we were talking about this, he suggested, why don't you turn it from inviting your one to loving your one the way God wants you to love your one. And I thought, that's it. That's it. Because if we see those around us the way God wants us to see them, we will love them the way God wants us to love them. And if we love them the way God wants us to love them, I think we're acting like Jesus. And shouldn't we be looking to him? Shouldn't our eyes be on Jesus? Church, these are great questions that we should be asking ourselves. Shouldn't we be looking to him? And shouldn't our eyes be on Jesus? The answer to that is yes. Yes, of course. But I think we get a little helter-skelter in our following, and it's like Jesus. Eyes on him. Oh, there's a bird. Okay, Back to eyes on Jesus. And then, wow, a a pandemic, and what does that mean? And back to eyes on Jesus. And then, a polarizing election everywhere. Back to eyes on Jesus. And then, relationship problems. It just seems that in my own life, it's really easy to get distracted. And here's the thing. When we get distracted, it is much more difficult to love our one the way God wants us to love our one because life kind of becomes about me. And our lights may dim. And we may become typical or average in our walk with Jesus. Think about this, though. Author Bob Goff stated... People who follow Jesus are no longer typical. God is constantly inviting them into a life that moves away from typical, even if they have normal jobs, live in normal houses, and drive normal cars. They're just not the same anymore. So with that in mind, that God is constantly inviting us to move away from typical, 
I want to take the next three weeks to challenge us as a faith community to think about our one and let's mature ourselves, okay? Let's grow our faith knowing that will help our one. If you were part of this in January and March, go back in your mind for a little bit and review who's your one. If you are new to Valley Point, welcome home. Welcome to family. Who's your one? And here's what I want for us. Let's take some time to look within and mature ourselves a little bit. Grow up spiritually somewhat so that we can love our one the way God loves our one. I believe it is necessary for us to focus on the most whole and holy version of ourselves. I think the question, though, is how? How do you do that? Well, with your Bible or your device, please find 1 John chapter 1. While you're looking for that great New Testament book, here are some fun facts about 1 John. We clearly see as we read the text that God is light. Therefore, to engage in fellowship with God, we must walk in light. As we walk in the light, we will regularly confess our sins. That's one of the things that happens. We also see in 1 John that God is love. God is light, but God is also love. Since we are his children, we must also walk in love. In fact, John says that if we do not love, we do not know God. Wow. Additionally, our love needs to be practical. Love is more than just words. It is actions. Now, most scholars agree that 1 John is written by John, the disciple of Jesus, the writer of the gospel of John. Same person. The date cannot be fixed with certainty, but it is likely written somewhere in the 81 to 96 AD range. Now, chapter 1 is amazing, so please read it, okay? Please read it. After some introductory remarks, John moves to talking about some dynamic things, and here's what we read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. It says, If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Interesting. It's almost like John, the author, is reminding followers, God is light, and when our friendship with God is right, our relationships with others will be right. But we have this thing that can cause problems, sin. But there is a solution, and it's this solution that begins this theme, meaning if followers of Jesus engage in this, it's good news. It's really good news. We'll be right with God 
That's the vertical relationship, which makes it entirely possible for us to be right with others or our horizontal relationships. So as we think about growing up and maturing so that we can reach our one, here's what's needed. Verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And then just a reminder in verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. But we do sin. So back to verse 9. Confess. Confession. That's what we see here. And that's our word. See, confession is what keeps our relationship with God clean. And when that happens, I believe we'll be able to love our one the way God wants us to love them. So the call here, The call in the text is to give ourselves to a lifestyle of confession or regularly come before God and say, here I am, here I am, I confess. What does that mean? Well, here are some thinking points based on words in the text. Thinking point number one, the word confess, it means to profess to admit or to acknowledge bad behavior. It also has the idea to speak the same or to agree. So when we confess, we are technically agreeing with God about our behavior. Thinking point number two, the word forgive means to dismiss or to have something go away. And then thinking point number three, To cleanse. This means to make clean or to purify. Now, question. How beautiful is this? Right? I thought you might break out into applause because we have a problem, sin, and God says to us, come on in. Come on in. And confess. And I will dismiss it and make you clean. That's good. That's really good. Author Richard Foster stated it this way. Like the father of the prodigal, he, God, rushes to us at the first sign of our turning toward him. He lavishes us with good gifts that we do not deserve and cannot earn. One of the points of 1 John is that right with God and right with others, well, that works together. If I am right with God, I will probably be living at peace with others. If I am not right with God, then I may not be at peace with others. Right with God begins with faith and trust in Jesus. From there, confession. Confession. 
And that flows out into my relationships with others. Does that make all of my relationships perfect? If I give myself to regular, even daily times of confession with God? Does that mean everything's going to be perfect? Probably not. Because we cannot control how others respond. But we can control our part. And that's confession. So let's do this. Let's get practical. How do we step into this? Maybe you've never thought about this, or maybe your picture of confession takes you to a religious experience that terrifies you. Or maybe it's just been a long time since you have confessed anything to God. God invites us into his presence. Think about that. God, the one who is overall, above all, he invites us into his presence and he tells us to say the same thing about our sin that he would say. And then, dismissed. We're made clean. Why would we not take full advantage of this? But how? Right? How do we do this? Well, here's some help. Takeaway number one. Schedule confession time. Now, that may seem strange, but what we put on the schedule, we tend to accomplish. So schedule it. Takeaway number two, use hand postures. And I'll show you what I mean in just a moment. I think hand postures in the process of confessing and praying can be very helpful. Takeaway number three, use a guide. You know, sometimes we don't always know what to say. And there are some good tools, like the general confession from the Book of Common Prayer and using the examine by St. Ignatius. Sometimes having a guide just helps us know how to start and what to say. I will post some of these guides on the website for your reference. Okay, back to the hand postures. This is just a practical way for us to pray and confess and open our lives to God. I invite you now to do this with me. Please stand or kneel, but I would really encourage you to change your physical posture from sitting. There's three sections to this. Each one begins with a confession. And this is something that you can do often because it's memorable. Let's begin this way. Hold your fists up. And then you can say this out loud right where you are or in your heart. But here's how we can use hand postures to step into a time of confession. With your hands up like this, say, Lord, I confess my natural posture is to defend myself, to fight for my rights, to make something happen. But I choose, as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, a posture of surrender. Jesus, you be in charge. You be in charge. And then hold your fists like this. 
and say, Lord, I confess my natural posture is to take, to keep, to hold. But I choose, as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, to let go, to open my hands. Freely I receive, so freely I give. Now fold your arms and say, Lord, I confess my natural posture is to spectate, to critique, to judge, to say it's not my problem. But I choose, as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, to open up my life to a posture of engagement that welcomes and loves. And all God's people said, Amen. Father, we are so thankful for the encouraging words found in 1 John that invite us to step into your presence and to confess, to say the same thing about our sin that you would say. And you invite us just to come on in and we can boldly approach your throne even after we've messed up and even after we have failed and even after we have fallen short and confess to you. And God, you make it so clear that if we do that, you are faithful and you are just and you will forgive us and clean us up again. What a promise. God, I believe we should be, as followers of you, giving ourselves to a regular lifestyle of confession. Why would we not take full advantage of this? So God, I pray that you would use this conversation to help us realize this is something that we must do. God, we do this because when we are right with you, it sure increases the chances that we're going to be right with the people around us. All throughout this year, we've been thinking about our one. And God, how can we love our one the way you want us to love them? God, I think it begins with having that right relationship with you, with confessing and with being at peace with you so that then we can love our one the way you want us to love them and the way you love them. So God, help us to grow up a little bit spiritually. Help us to look within and choose to deepen our friendship with you through confession. And God, if these hand postures help, I pray that our church would be one that would say, here we are. Here's what we give. And here's how we want to welcome others. God, strengthen us to confess to you and to be right with you so that we then can love our one the way you want us to. Give us the strength and the courage to do this now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.